I always say this, isn't it wonderful? Something marvelous is happening to me right now. And I know that can be difficult at times, but if you repeat, repeat that phrase every time you feel down, it will lift you up. And just remember, be the scientist of your life. The first thing in change is recognizing what it is that you need to change for to expand you into a whole different direction. And once we start making that change, we change our life both personally and professionally. It just can't help it. If you change fear to confidence, security, and safety, well, you're going to live a whole different life. And so I would say to you, concentrate on that, you know, because you'll have great success. And just remember, success in every area of your life is real and it is obtainable. It's the power's in your hands. So you have to be the student of your life. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, hey, hey. Come on in. Come on in. We can echo now. No echo at all this time preparing. And now it doesn't echo. How'd that happen? Oh, well. We'll get to it. All right. As long as it's not picking up somewhere else. I don't hear it now. Just a minute. Yeah. Just a minute. Yeah, I don't hear it now. So. But can you hear? Can you hear me? I can hear you, yes. Okay, I'm going to have to take these off, I think. Okay. All right. Oh, we'll go from there. Hey, who am I talking to? Who's that over there, y'all wondering, right? So it's our guest today, okay? She's going to talk about how uh, she went through a divorce and stuff, and she was able to find her mission in life, which is to help people. I like uh, one thing she says here, that uh, we all ought to be a student. Of life and, and and things like that. So let's go ahead and get started here with uh, Janet Smiths. Appreciate you being here, Janet. Elaine Smiths. Uh, so it's it's Schmidt, but it's a pleasure to be here. It's always it's always a pleasure to speak uh, about something that I'm so passionate about. There we go, and that's what we like to. We need people to speak up with their passion about and share it with the next person involved, and and then they can kind of pay it forward, pass it on. And help the other people. You know, in a hundred years from now, they say all this stuff's gonna be all in the internet. It's here forever to stay. So someone's gonna find this episode, and you're gonna help somebody then. Yep, we all help each other through our own transformation. Yes, and I'm a big believer in big uh, that uh, we ought to. I mean, I know we can't do everything 24 hours a day with things, but there are some things we can do uh, in a time of need where somebody needs it and. You know, we don't we, we don't have to uh, run and hide like the plague. Um, say it's, t- today is just so today's special as uh, time. Not that just today, but today's times. It just seems a little special and needy and people just seem to afraid to reach out. I don't understand what's going on here. But, uh, yeah, we need to be able to help people. They need to be able to uh, take that knowledge and information and be able to share it to help the next person. So. Right, I Lane. agree. 
Elaine, 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 Elaine. No, it's Janet. All right, Janet. <laughs> it's Janet Elaine Schmidt. That's yeah, I don't I know why. By. I don't know why I threw your middle name out first. I was just, I don't know what I was thinking of. But Janet, all right, thank you for being here again. And let's go ahead and get started. Um, what I will uh, tell people is um, I'm providing a platform and you take off where you see fit to get us involved. All right. Well, I will say this. I, I grew up in a rural area. I grew up in uh, Nebraska and Wyoming and rural Colorado. And uh, my family was economically challenged. My father was a minister. And, um, and I went, when I was four, uh, my grandfather uh, passed in front of me. And at that time, I couldn't figure out why everybody was so upset because I saw, I actually saw angels around him. And I thought, oh, wow. why, why are people so upset about this? Because <laughs> he seemed to be fine with it. So that kind of went that kind of passed through. And then, and I never spoke really that much of it with my parents because they kind of shoo shooed it. And, um, and then when I was 10, um, I would go out to the fields. We lived about a block from the city limits and there, when you're a block from the city limits, literally it's prairie. And I walked out and I would sit with the horses and I do kind of the laying of hands. And at the time I never knew what it was. I just knew that the horses were coming for the energy from me. And that went on for a while. And then I went into mainstream and, you know, went to school, got married. And through time, I ended up getting divorced. And in the divorce, I, um, my, my youngest was about eight or nine. And, but I ended up with a large sum of money. Now, I was always one for helping, assisting the underserved. I was chairman of the board of a nonprofit that helped homeless women get a better education so that their children would go on to school and break that cycle. Break the cycle, yes. Break the cycle. I was working for an inner, raising funds for an inner city hospital, Tufts Medical Center. So I was doing quite a few things. And doing my energy, I was a, a Reiki master. I was doing other things on the side. But... When I got the divorce, I was like, now I can really help the underserved. I can help both individuals and nonprofits alike. I was very excited about it. But before long, everybody was attached to me for my money. And I didn't know how to say no. Then I found myself in arbitration because my financial advisor, who was with a well-known internationally firm, had made an investment outside the scope of the firm. And now here I sit in arbitration and I had done a little research. So I knew the chances of me getting all my money back in arbitration were very slim. Um, I never once didn't think I wasn't going to win. But the whole time I sat there, I thought, I'm going to lose this money. I'm going to lose this money. And in the end, the financial advisor was disbarred. His, the firm was fined. His partner was fined. And sure enough, I only got 10% of what I lost. And I kept thinking there's more to this than just energy. Cause you know, quantum physics, Einstein said, you know, put the frequency out there of the reality you wish for, and you can't help but bring it to you. Mm -hmm. That's not philosophy. That's physics. So I knew this from being an energy worker on, you know, on the side and that kind of thing. But that I thought, 
okay, but what's the subconscious and conscious mind connected to this? What is my epigenetic coding? That's what drove me. So what was my ancestor? So epigenetic coding for people to understand is it is um, traits and thoughts and beliefs and behaviors that are passed down through our ancestors to our parents and our parents pass it to us from the time we're birthed to the time we're about eight years old. After that, it's society, anything catastrophic that happens to us that dictates our beliefs, our thoughts, you know, our behaviors, our traditions. So I started thinking, okay, what is it about my background? And I started digging. I started becoming, as I say, the student of my life. And I discovered that my ancestors, I come from eight generations of ministers who signed up to be economically challenged, who gave their last sense to the underserved and who really had no money to manage. And I don't want to take that away from them because that's honorable for them. Mm -hmm. But I didn't sign up for that um, inherited money consciousness, as I call it. So I started unraveling everything. And I not only then now I'm down in the rabbit hole trying to figure out, okay, how do you decode this? How do you change your inherited money consciousness? It's kind of like somebody looking at um, uh, at twenty dollars as a lot of money, and they and they manifest a hundred. Well, they're only going to hang on to the twenty because that's the most their money consciousness can hang, handle. Mm-hmm. And so and so I realized that. So I started studying near linguistic programming, hypnotherapy, theta healing. Uh, I movement integration, which deals with trauma and phobias and uh, psyche and DNA re-engineering, everything that dealt with the left and right cortex of our brain, the logical and the creative part, to bring me into a whole brain state on different beliefs. And I mean, literally went down of my own lack, where lack first started, my abandonment. I was abandoned as a child. I was abandoned as an adult. And to go through all of that and untangle it and recode it and reprogram it. And so that's how I came up with reprogram for success. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, from other the other studying you done mm-hmm. help with your training for the reprogramming, or was this something that uh, you've thought of your own? It's something. Well, or a combination. I. I I combined all these techniques together. Yeah. It depends on who's in front of you. I might just have somebody that has had a lot of trauma in their life and that impacts us greatly. And so I'll use, maybe I'll use neuro-linguistic programming, but I'll use eye movement integration too. And then I'll use Psyche. Now I always use Psyche at the end because these other techniques are very good at moving out the old belief and bringing in a new one, but Psyche literally brings your left and right cortex into a whole brain state and clamps down the new belief. So I almost double clamp it down so mm-hmm. that so that when people walk away, it's in. It's in. It's in their it's subconscious and conscious mind at that point. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, we definitely need some uh, transformation in, I know me in a lot of areas. I don't know about everybody else, but uh, yeah. I'm sure you find people's got to be more open about it too. Well, I, I look at it this way. We're always a work in progress. Mm-hmm. We're always working. I'm still always doing what I call goal balances from Psyche when I catch something. 
Um, it, it is, it, you know, sometimes looking at how we behave or our thoughts, our feelings, it can be really difficult. I mean, we can have something catastrophic happen to us, like what happened to me with the money. I mean, most of my money was lost. So we can have something really catastrophic like that happen to us. But if we can really, and we can blame it on the other person, but if we can really go back and look at our own behavior, look at our own um, part in it, mm -hmm. then we can better understand what it is that we might want to look at, what behavior, what thoughts, what belief system to reprogram so that we never, we skip over, the, over that lesson. We don't have to repeat the lesson over and over again. See, it goes to uh, the, the, the two, the story, we heard something similar about it, but, you know, I know two, two guys and they both grew up, uh, mother and father were pretty much out of the picture, grandmother, grandparents raised them. One went on to college and got a good life and one went on to be a criminal, career criminal. And again, it goes back, if you look deeper into them, it's how each one of them, I guess, took the effect of not having mom and dad, how they felt about grandparents raising them, or I guess, uh, like you said, to go deeper to, to look into it. Yeah. It, and, and, and I mean, it, it's a, they basically got the same story at the beginning. And, but right. they branched totally different ways. And again, it's how their thought pattern growing up. It's the thought pattern growing up, but it's also, remember I said, it's also society and the influence that society has had on them. So the one that went to yeah. college had that influence. And so, so it does change uh, that part. It is, it is, he, he had a little bit shift in his programming. Yeah. And then, um, again, when, when you say that with the shifting in uh, the society around and everything, let, let me go back a little little deeper on that little story is one grandparent raising, wouldn't say she was rich or whatnot, but she wasn't poor. OK, where the other one was poor. Mm -hmm. And so that society of people making fun of him growing up, being poor, didn't have the correct shoes, pants, whatever, or the other guy didn't get that. He played sports. So he had that other environment around him and mm -hmm. got um, man teaching since dad wasn't around, men right. you know, teaching with coaches where the other guy didn't. So, yeah, there's a lot of it in just the situation grandparents it's the yeah. environment and society and community around to help or hurt yes that now that that doesn't mean that that other young man couldn't reprogram himself and reprogram oh, exactly. what's what's in him but yes the, the definitely the environment that you're in and and your friends and the society that you're surrounded with can affect Listen, it's been proven, it's been proven, and, and people should understand this, that the biochemical effects of your brain's functioning shows that your very cells are affected by your thoughts. That means your thoughts have energy. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important to think positive thoughts, even if you're in a negative situation. It is so helpful. I know that it's really hard at times. But, you know, isn't it wonderful? Something marvelous is happening to me right now is a better thought to have than uh, focusing on the negative constantly. 
Yep. Uh, yeah, it's again, and I'm not wanting to keep going on with these two guys and everything, but the one guy that was, you know, went the career path criminal wise. Yeah, he, he was, like I said, always negative. He never thought anything good was coming out. And again, you got to take some responsibility and say, mm-hmm. I want this change, you know. <laughs> and there's plenty of people that's done worse that have finally woke up and made a change. Well, this is what I would say to people. Success in every area of your life is real and obtainable. But the power, literally the power is in your hands. So the power is in our hands. Uh, we were given free will. We were given choice. And we have to remember that. Yep. 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 So, all right. Now, if you were to give like a, a reader's digest, and I'm sure you've done a lot of it already, on how to get someone basically a, a starting point and what they may need to, to do. How would you how would you go about that? Well, number one is I will if if I were them, I'd sit down and, you know, do like maybe a couple ga- categories, like relationships. How's that going for you? You could do romantic and you could do other relationships. How is that working for you? Um, and, and really be honest with yourself and write it down. And then if you write something that's not so that's, great. That's a key. That's a key term you just said, that to be honest. About yes, it. Very I mean, because if you're a, if you're trying to fake it to you per se, trying to help them, if you're trying to fake it to you, all they're doing is negating and hurting themselves in the long right. run. Right, right, and that's why I said it was painful because it was painful for me because mm-hmm. I had to go down and I realized I had been abandoned as a child and I had been abandoned as an adult, and then you have to look at the relationship. I and this I can give a prime example. I was, I was literally speaking to one of my children. And uh, all of a sudden, I realized that we would have the same kind of conversation over and over again, or at least 50% of the time. And I thought, why am I having this? I really mm-hmm. had to dissect it. And I had to own it. I didn't put it on, on them. I had to say, okay, what part of this is me? And ignore the part that's them and just say, what is it in me? And um, as I examined it, it was because I felt like I was being abandoned by them. And all they were was growing up. They were Mm -hmm. growing up into a beautiful, beautiful adult. But for me, I had been abandoned as a child and abandoned as an adult. And so I, I had to be honest about those characteristics. And when I realized that I reprogrammed it right away, (laughs) I reprogrammed it, but it, it, it was painful to go down. So I would say to people, be really honest. I would go into your money consciousness um, mm-hmm. or your or your abundance of prosperity level and really be honest about how you feel about it, then start looking at your past. Look at your past. Look at your look at your inherited money consciousness. Uh, I would say a- it's hard it's hard for us to look at our past for us to want to to take responsibility and be accountable for what we know was failure on our part. But again to be able to grow and learn and move on, you must do it. Well, look at, the, uh, I, you know, there were many times uh, when this financial advisor was making this investment that uh, a voice inside of me said, said uh, something was wrong. Something mm-hmm. said it was wrong, but I trusted the person and didn't listen to the voice. So I 
truly believe our our conscious mind or our I call it our our higher self knows what's really good and what's not really good for us. And but I will say this, that lesson, I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't have had reprogram mm-hmm. for success and I wouldn't be in service to others like I am today if that would have never happened to me. And would I would I have gone down the rabbit hole to look at all these other places in my life that that could be reprogrammed for a more successful life for me. And it's sad, but uh, it, it's good in a way that sometimes we may have to go through painful events to be mm-hmm. able to find our passion in life you know, yes. from there. I mean, it's, uh, you know, losing mom or dad to cancer and then the child's so devastated that they want to go to school to help find a cure for cancer, you know, because, yeah. of, that, because of that. And, and they were so hurt, but look what it may have brought to them. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how our suffering, yeah, can lead us into the right area if we, you know, look beyond the pain. Yes, it can bring us into our purpose in our, of our life. Yeah. Our purpose. And, and I truly believe we're all on this earth to be in service to each other in some way, shape, or form. Yes. And, so, I mean, it's like you having the podcast, you're in service of others bringing awareness to them and um and that's honorable and so we're all here to be in service to each other we just have different ways of getting there i'm going to tell you the reason that the podcast came across is because i was in so much pain that i attempted suicide three times in three days to get out of this to get out of here and the last time they found me sucking carbon monoxide in the garage in my van and I was in the hospital for seven weeks. And then, you know, you live through a suicide attempt. They make you see a psychiatrist or psychologist. And he's the one that says, James, you've got a story to tell. You've got to, you know, God didn't take you for whatever reason. And your purpose is to get out there and help other people. And which led me to write in my first book, uh, do starting YouTube, public speaking, motivational speaking, and then eventually this led to this. So, yeah, again, if you allow your suffering to work for you, then trying to fight against it, there's some good that can come out. Now, I'm not saying we have to love what's going on. We don't have to like what's going on. But, again, learn from it and see if it directs you to your purpose or passion. Yeah, it may just be showing you just so that, you don't repeat the same thing down the line. It may just be as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So you don't, uh, you don't, you don't know why it's happening, but uh, you know it's easier to go in the flow of it and not get too caught up in the anger, uh, the worry of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that that could be that could be a, uh, an event in itself if we get too much caught up into it. And then we just hang in that uh, self-pity and sorrow way longer than we should. And there's no right or wrong in getting out, I don't think. Uh, Other people see, like for me, I don't know if you know, but I'm in a wheelchair, got my neck broke playing football and paralyzed. And I was in a depression for the first five years of my life, but I tried Mm -hmm. to hide it from everybody that so they wouldn't feel sorry for me. Then I've met other people 
they're paralyzed. And within four months, they're up on happy, good luck, and they're going on and about their about their business. So, you know, we're all different. So, you know, when someone hangs longer than what you think, that's their timeline to get out, not you to push them out. I I agree. We all have we all have our our um it as I said, it's freedom of choice. And we all have our path to travel. And we get to choose the path also. We get to choose the path. Yes. So yep, yep. So <laughs> It just made me think of that friend of mine again. And uh, like when I talk about him being a criminal, thing, my parents actually, we actually helped raise him. Uh, I, when I first met him, I brought him home. We, we hey, my mom was his mom, basically. He's, he even said that, he even told us that your mother has been more of a mother than my own mother and everything. But here we are trying to help straighten him out. He just kept falling for the other. But what I'm saying, when you just mentioned about we all have the decision, we had the choices to make and everything like that, free will, that uh, one time he told me he was locked up. And one of the things they were making him go to is AA to go talk to him in mm-hmm. AA. And, um, he, and of course, he'd been there before. Uh, but they, again, wanted to push the AA. And he finally was talking to the woman. And he said, and he was, he was true. He says, until I get it into my head, to quit drinking and quit doing, there's nothing you can say to me. And the uh, woman administrator, she said, no, you're right. You don't have to come back here. And it, you know, until you change, there's nothing I can say. And, um, and eventually he did, it took him years. And he finally did make uh, something where he was good with his hand mechanic. He ended up uh, getting a, a mowing business going and everything. So eventually he straightened out, but it took a long time. So, but uh, we love him. Like I said, we tried to raise him to help uh, mom and dad did. So it was great uh, overall. So, oh, that's all awesome. Right. Um, all right. Now, Janet, um, like, um, do you have programs that you offer people or you, they reach out with well, you? Well, I have a, um, each one of my sessions is usually a double session. So it's, it's 110 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use all four techniques so I, I offer that in a single session, but I also have um, a three-session package, which is uh, an immersion, which covers quite a bit for someone. And then I have um, one for CEOs and entrepreneurs that's, um, that is very extensive, and it's, it's a 10-session um, package where they where – they, really immerse themselves. So it's not only on a personal level, but it's on a professional level, business mm-hmm. level. Cause I also offer workshops for, um, for businesses because I work with, um, business teams in reprogramming. Cause if you think about it, they all come from different epigenetic backgrounds and they're all striving for the same goal. Mm-hmm. And so with Psyche, I'm able to get everyone on the business team on the same goal. So they're all in a whole brain state on the goal. So I work with business teams doing workshops that way. Um, and they can look on my website. It's JanetElaineSchmidt.com and see what their interests them. But these are the programs that I have. And you want to go ahead and put it to your other social media people to find you or uh, on that website. It, uh, I guess it's got all your courses or, how to get a hold of you there. 
Yeah, it has how to get a hold of me. My Instagram is JanityLaneSchmidt. Even in LinkedIn, it's JanityLaneSchmidt. It's um, I'm active, but not as active. Uh, but if you go on my website, you'll be able to see a description of every single technique I use. Okay. And uh, do the old Google search, you know, we tell people. So, and Schmidt is the S-C-H-M-I-D-T for others that are uh, listening. So, and we'll, we'll uh, get some links and we'll put on the, um, the, the page down here. I forgot what you call it now, but we'll put it in there in the notes, show notes and uh, to help people come help find you and everything. So. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. Well, Janet, I appreciate you coming on and giving us a, uh, I know this is very brief of what's going on, but it, uh, it can help awakening and give other people, you know, a way of looking and doing things and trying to figure out a different way. Uh, not everything's the same. Correct. Correct. So we appreciate you being here. And if you don't mind, uh, we know there's people that are hurting and struggling today. And if you can leave us with a positive message to help them get through today, that'd be a blessing. Well, I always say this, isn't it wonderful? Something marvelous is happening to me right now. And I know that can be difficult at times, but if you repeat, repeat that phrase, every time you feel down, it will lift you up. And just remember, be the scientist of your life. The first thing in change is recognizing what it is that you need to change for to expand you into a whole different direction. And once we start making that change, we change our life both personally and professionally. It just can't help it. If you change fear to confidence, security, and safety, well, you're going to live a whole different life. And so I would say to you, concentrate on that, you know, because you'll have great success. And just remember, success in every area of your life is real and it is obtainable. It's the power's in your hands. So you have to be the student of your life. I like what you said earlier, uh, just a minute ago, you know, about, uh, I forgot, because I was thinking of a different wording, you know, about the, uh, the you know, they say, look for the the silver lining, you know, as, mm-hmm. you, as you're going through your whatever, you know, to, to, yeah. there's something you can be grateful for, something that even though you're struggling, something that happened there that wasn't as bad as you thought it could be. And so, you know, they'll look for the shiny, the silver lining. I don't know what they say shiny, the silver lining, they say. And uh, I tell other people, say, when you can look through the tunnel and you know the train, the, you know, the light coming is not a train coming at you. And you know, it's the end of the, the uh, tunnel and you're coming out the other end. Then you realize that you've conquered it. So I agree with that. But I, I would also tell people, you know, start marking down even the tiniest things like the mm-hmm. tiniest successes. So like if you even made the perfect breakfast that day, or if you had the perfect bite of something and it really made you happy or, or you were even, you, you by accident ran a red light and you never got hit, (laughs) you know, you know, anything like that. If you, if you start looking at tiny, tiny positives in your life, tiny little miracles in your life, and you start keeping jotting them down, before long, you're going to have a long list. And when you sit back and read that list, it's going to fuel you even more. Yes, uh, I, I love the journaling because, again, what what the small miracle you're talking about today 
you'll forget about it. But you come yeah. back next year and just read some stuff and you'll go, oh, I forgot about that. And then it's going to help your mind refre uh, refresh and replenish some energy in there and to, to remind you, you know, that because we'll we'll forget it. Naturally, we're going to just forget and move on in life. But uh, I, I love going back and rereading uh, to to help you out again. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, All right. It brings a positive energy to you. There you go. Sometimes in life we have to, I told you it's going to be a uh, copy of one of my books one day, a title. Sometimes we got to walk through the fertilizer to smell the roses. So, true. <laughs> so, all right. Well, Janet, appreciate you being here again. Said earlier, this stuff's on the internet forever, they say. So, in uh, 200 years from now, someone's going to find you and you're going to give a little help for them uh, then. So, appreciate you being here. You've been amazing. I'm glad it, um, you found your way through some of your episodes, and I'm glad you're helping other people. Well, thank you very much, and I'm glad you are too. We appreciate that. And then, like I said, this podcast came in a uh, wrong way, but it's here. And my main thing is I want to get other people's journeys out there, stories out there, uh, not just me. So from out there. So. All right, everybody else, hey, thank you. Share it to someone you know to use some help. I'm Dr. James Perdue, the Professor of Perseverance. Thank you for listening on the Professor of Perseverance podcast. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.